great seeing a full house. Praise God. God's goodness has been chasing after us. Will you let him catch you? He has been so faithful. You may be seated. As we go through this next song, please reflect on the song and the words. Picture yourself in front of Jesus. Picture yourself at, at his table. Picture you as one of those disciples. Every Sunday, or not every Sunday, but every first Sunday of the month, we celebrate through the blood and the bread. If you haven't received one of these cups, I ask that you raise your hand and the uh, 
ushers will bring you one. So as you reflect this morning, take your time. Accept the bread that Jesus has given you. Reflect on what he did on the cross for you. What he did for me. Hey, change lives. Take the bread. Then pull the cap off the top of the wine. The juice. Reflect. We've heard all the stories and we've seen the movies. But believe. Reflect. Take the juice. Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne room this morning. We just praise you for what you do. You have been so good. You have been so faithful. Accept this today, knowing that God's chasing after you. Jesus is there, offering his body and his blood. Accept it today. It's in his name. nothing worth more that could ever come close nothing can compare your living home your presence I've tasted and seen sweetest of loves where my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit
future is a million little choices. Practice or play video games. Two hours in the gym or two hours at the movies. A little extra work or a little extra play. Reconcile or let the sun go down on your anger. Get up or push the snooze button again. Take a potential client to the game or take a kid from a broken home. Spend that bonus on yourself or give it to a ministry that reaches out to pregnant teens. If we could get a picture of the future, if we could jump ahead 10, 15, 20 years, and see the accumulation of our decisions, the chain of events we set in motion, how differently would we live today? How would we choose to spend our time? What would we walk away from? How would we treat the people around us? What would we choose to pursue with passion? Where would we choose to invest our skills and our resources? Your future is a million little choices. And it starts today. How many of you have thought how important your choices are to your life? You know, our, our life is, is filled with choices on a, on a daily basis. In fact, the average person on an average day makes 35,000 choices every day. How do I know that? Google. Come on. <laughs> The reality that, that, you know, that's true. Every person is making choices constantly. Should I stay out of bed? Should I snooze my clock, my alarm clock? Anyone snooze this week? Right? Should I, uh, you know, should I make coffee before I go to the bathroom or should I make coffee after <laughs> I go to the bathroom? You know, uh, <clears throat> should I brush my teeth? And uh, let me help you with that one. Please, <laughs> please brush your teeth. But the reality is that we have, we have choices constantly. And, and, and the book of Joshua, we're, we're going to be concluding today with one of the most important chapters in the Bible. Because in this chapter, Joshua is calling the people of Israel to choose. And I think that God is calling us in this present moment, this present season in our lives to choose who and what we're going to serve, who and what is going to take priority in our life. And the things that we choose, the, the, the persons that we choose to make priority in our life will shape the way that we live. It will shape the way that we invest into what really matters in life. So we're going to chapter 24 of Joshua. If you've got your Bibles, you can go there right now. Uh, you will have some of this in the handout. If you're watching online, uh, you'll be able to see that in the handout as well. But I, as we look at chapter 24, I, I look at it like, like a sandwich, Maybe because I'm, you know, getting ready for lunchtime. But it's like two slices of bread and there's meat in between it. And how many of you know that there, you, need, you need the bread for a sandwich? And what you find is that these, these two ends of this important chapter, the, the meat's in the middle, but the two ends are vitally important to keep it. In other words, the context is very important for us to understand what Joshua is trying to, is trying to give 
the people of Israel so that they can live this out. And, and I want to start reading. It's not, in your, it's not in your notes right now, but I want to start reading in chapter 24, verse 1. And it says this, then Joshua, I'm reading from the NASB, then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel's, Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for the heads of their judges and their officers, and they presented themselves before God. It's, it's very biblical for, for the people of God to call the leadership, those that God has entrusted into leadership, to hear the voice of God, to hear the direction of God. What we did this morning is very biblical. When, when the elders prayed over uh, the, the person that we believe God has chosen, and that's important, that God has chosen to lead this church into the next season through praise and worship because God inhabits the praises of his people. And so the, the, the work that Art does uh, as he hears the voice of God and follows the leading of the Holy Spirit is important to us. And as he raises up more people, so this is what's going on right here. Verse 2, and Joshua said to all the people, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel. So that's important right there because it's God speaking to them, not Joshua. Amen? And as you come here today, as you're listening, as you're watching online, you need to determine, is it God speaking to you? Because if it's James Reese speaking, there's no wait. But if, there's, if God is speaking his word into your life, it's important. Amen? So he said, this is what God says to you. He said, from ancient times, your fathers lived beyond the river, the Jordan, namely Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor. Abraham and Nahor were brothers. And they served other, other what? Gods. They were polytheistic. They worshiped many gods. Then I took, and it's God speaking to, to them, then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river, and I led him through all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. Isaac is a promised child. Amen? Very important. Isaac's brother was what? Ishmael. Right? A lot of conflict there still to this day. And verse 4, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Sire to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. That, why is that important right there? Because it fulfilled a prophecy that, that the children of Israel would be in bondage for 400 years. That's where it tells you. So it's important for us to know that. Verse 5, then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did, God did, in its midst. And afterwards, I brought you out, and I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. Why is that important? Some will trust in Horses and some will trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. It's, it goes confirmation, confirmation of the, of the context of Scripture. Verse 7, but when they cried out to the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And, and your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt, and you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan, and they fought with you, and I gave them into your hand, and you took possession of their land when I destroyed them before you. Who did all the destruction in the battle? God. The word for us. When people come against us, when the enemy of our souls comes against us, guess who fights for us? God. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel, and he sent and he summoned Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you, but I was not willing to listen to Balaam. Balaam was a, a prophet or a seer, and he sought the, 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 the face of God, the, 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 the voice of God, and they wanted him to curse Israel, and God blessed Israel. Very important. He said, so, I, so he had to bless you, and I delivered you from his hand, and you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you, and the Amorite, and the Parasite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Gerashite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and the Martinezite, and the Rodriguezite, and the Resite. It doesn't say that there, but that's who I fought against when I was growing up. Thus I gave them into your hand, and I sent the hornet before you, and it, and it drove out the two kings of the Amorites, 
from before you, but not by your sword or your bow. In other words, the battle belongs to the Lord. Tell your neighbor the battle belongs to God. I mean, look at your neighbor right now and tell him yeah, the battle belongs to God. Yeah. You're on the winning side. And I, and, I gave you, and I gave you a land on which you had never labored and cities which you had never built and you have lived in them and you are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. There, there's, a, there's one part of the bread. There's one, did you guys gather some information there? Let me go to the, let me go to the other side of the, of the sandwich and let's go to the other side of the bread. Verse 29. Verse 29. And it came about after these things that Joshua... The son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, he died. Being 110 years old, that's a good life. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timnath, Sarah, of his inheritance in Tim, I said that, which is in the hill country of Ephraim on the north of Mount Gahash. Gahash. And I want to end with this, verse 31, because it's important right here. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua's life. And all the days of the elders who survived with Joshua and had known all the deeds of the Lord which he had done for Israel. The reason that is so important is because after Joshua died, the children of Israel began to stray from God. This sandwich, the two sides of bread, on one side it says there's many gods that I pulled you from so you could serve the one and only true God. And on the other side it says, and Joshua served me. And Joshua lived everything that he was supposed to live, all the purposes of God in his own generation as David did. But when he died, the people strayed. Here's what we need to grab a hold of in America. We need to keep passing the baton to the next generation. Because if we don't, they will worship the gods that our forefathers worshiped. If we die and don't pass the legacy on, if we don't teach people about the power of choice, they will make choices that will take them down a road of destruction. Can I tell you that where America is at is is a product of choices that people have made and are making right now. And a lot of it has to do with us. A lot of it has to do with us. How many of your neighbors are you having small group with, communion with? How many of your neighbors that you see on a daily basis have you had a relationship. How many of your neighbors are a closer friend of Jesus because of you or because of me? Because they're the, you're the only Jesus that they're seeing. You're the only Joshua in that land. How many, how many of, of, of young people are we pouring into? How, how, how many lives are we pouring into so that we Know without a shadow of a doubt that we're leaving a legacy. We're leaving an inheritance for them to go forward in the things of God. It's a question, it's a question and a choice we all have to, we have to give an account for. And if we don't help people, if we don't help people weigh out their choices, if we don't help people to determine being led by the word of truth, they will default to the distortion of the world and the ways of the enemy. That's what Joshua's final chapter is all about. Here, here's the meat, okay? 
Here's the meat, and I've got, I've got uh, three things that I want to bring out from him. The power to choose. Here's the first one. It weighs out the greater choice. There are some choices in our life that have a greater impact than others. The choice you made this morning to wear deodorant or not, and hopefully you did, especially if you were really worshiping. But the choice you made this morning to, to do something like put deodorant on is not as weighty as leading your children to know that there's a God who loves them. As, as leading your children and for them to know that you love them and the reason that you are who you are is because there's a God of grace and a God of love and a God of strength that gets you through no matter what you face in life. Here, here's what, what verse 14 says. So here, here's the, starting with the part of the meat. We're going to start cooking. We're going to start barbecuing right now. We're going to start grilling. We might even put some green chili on this cheeseburger. Mmm. Verse 14, so fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. You're not, you're not serving, you're not uh, fearful of, of people, but you're fearful and you are serving the Lord. He says, put away forever the idols of, uh, that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. In other words, there will be a temptation for you to default to the way that your parents, your grandparents, or the, the, your ancestry lived before they ever came to God. See, there was, there was a moment in my ancestry that someone said yes to Jesus. There was a, there was a, there was a pivotal part and place in the lineage of the Rhesus where someone said yes to Jesus. But if you refuse, verse 15, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? In other words, there, there, where you came from, there will be things and idols that will take you away from God. But where you're going, there will always be the temptation to trust in other things outside of the Almighty. He says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, I am going to lead my family. I am going to lead the, 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 the lineage that God has given to me. I am going to lead them to put God first in everything that they do. And when we do that, they're going to find that God is faithful. Has anyone found that God is faithful in your life? When you, when you worship him and you wholeheartedly give your life to him. I'm not talking about walking a life of, of nominal Christianity and, and all of us struggle with that. I'm not talking about, you know, living a life where you're, you're on the fence and, you know, you're, you're, you're hot one day, you're cold the next day. Or you're lukewarm and you're, you're, you're just being pulled by the things of the world. I'm talking about where you say, Lord, I can't do life without you. Have you noticed that when you put God first in your life... Your priorities change, and you begin to make his priorities your priorities. And when you do that, have you noticed that you see him in every facet of your life? Anyone notice that? I'm talking to first service. Have you noticed that, that God is faithful no matter what you're facing? You know, Joshua had already said, let's go back, to, let's revisit verse 2 and 3. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor lived beyond the Euphrates River, and they worshipped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, and I led him into the land of Canaan. And remember, it was, it was because of Abraham's faith that God counted him as righteous. There was a faith that was imputed into the life of Abraham where he trusted God beyond everything that he had known in his life. And here's a very important word for us. We have known a lot of things in our life. Sometimes the things of God are foreign to us. 
When I came to Jesus, it was foreign to me to, to live a life of purity. It was foreign to me to live a life that was not a drunken life because I thought that's how you handled your problems. That's how you took care of everything you had. Let's just get wasted. I know you guys haven't done that, but second service really struggles with that. You know, you, and, you, and you default to that. That's, that's the gods of our ancestors. That's where we lived at one time. We're tempted to, to go to those places. Have you ever thought that, that God led you to a place in your life of repentance? Repentance is just turning away, turning around. It just means you're walking away from God. For years, I walked away from God. I didn't know God. I walked away from the purposes of God. But there was a day that God met me at a place. And he turned me around. He, he, he drew me. He called me to a better place, to a better presence. I, I love the way that the Apostle Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. He says this. He, he says this. Uh, First, he starts out in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 1. The letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God. That's so important because the apostle Paul, when he was Saul, was the enemy of the church. But it says here, you know, it's, this letter is from Paul. He was chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, even when he was living a life where it was contrary to God's purposes, where he was an enemy of what God was doing through his people. God had a plan. God chose him. Verse 4, even before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before I did anything right, God chose me. The power of choice. I have to look, I have to look at my family through that lens. Not only do I look at myself through that lens, but I have to look at the people that I love I say, God, I just trust that you chose us before the foundation of the world, before we did anything right, to be holy and blameless in you. Because so many people live their life trying to perfect themselves when God perfected us before we ever did anything worthy. And that's what Jesus did. Are you with me? Power to choose. There are some choices that are vital to your life. There are some choices that are vital to your eternity. The greater choices. And, and can I tell you that the greater choices, hear me now. The greater choice, here's, here's the second thing, are the harder choices. The greater choices are never easy. Ask an Olympian. Ask an Olympian, you know, are you going to eat that? I can't, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. That'll mess me up. Are you going to go sit on the couch? I'd love to, but I'm not. I got to go work out. Are, are you going to do, ask an executive. Ask, ask someone that's, you know, that's, that's accomplished. Ask, ask the teams that are playing right now in, in the NBA playoffs. Ask them, you know, did they sit around or those people that are advancing and keep going on, they, they, they said, I can't. You know, the, 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 the greater choices in your life are the harder choices in your life. When you choose to serve God, it's not going to be easy. For those who choose to live a righteous life, you will be persecuted. Not everyone's going to be excited. I put this, following God is the most rewarding and yet most difficult choice for us to do in life. And here's the two reasons why I think they are. The first reason is because we think we can handle life without anybody's help. Are you with me? You ever felt that way? Well, that's okay for them. I'm all right. I'm not like them. I'm okay. We think we can get through life without anybody's help. And then we think, here's another thing, we think we're good enough. We're not, we're not that bad. We're actually really good. You know, when, you do, when I do funerals, the, the, the memorial service I did before this one, that's my, that was my sermon. You're not good. And they looked at me just the way you're looking at me. 
you're not good. The reason for that is because the, the, the service, the person we did the service for was an amazing, wonderful guy. But what got him to heaven was not him being good, it's him trusting in the one who is good, and that's Jesus Christ. And so we struggle, we struggle. Here, here's, here's what the people replied in verse 16. The people replied, we, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God is, is the one who rescued us from our, and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies. He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too, we will serve the Lord for he alone is our God. And, and have you ever noticed that we as people are notorious for saying that we will never walk away from God and we will never serve other gods and that's our MO and we find ourselves at places sometimes when we've wandered into the sticker patch and we say, God, we're in desperate need of you now. The apostle Peter said to Jesus, he said, I, even if they all leave you, I will stay and I'll stand with you. I will fight for you. And Jesus told him, Peter, let me tell you something. The devil has asked permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. And when you have turned, I want you to restore your brothers. Because before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And not only are you going to deny me, but you're going to cuss people out saying that you never knew me. And then the cricket went chirp, chirp, chirp. <laughs> we couldn't cue that up any better than that, right? <laughs> There is a God. <laughs> Verse 19, then Joshua warned the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is holy and a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. What Joshua is telling them is you need to understand that, that this is a hard choice because God is a jealous God. He loves you too much. He's not going to share you. God is, God is like a husband who's not going to share his wife, the bride. Amen? Anytime that we think that, that, that God's going to share us with everything that's in the world that's trying to pull us apart, we don't know this amazing, righteous, and wonderful, holy God who loves you so much. That's why Jesus is vital to us. That's why him, him being the propitiation, him being the worthy sacrifice, him being the atonement, God loves us so much that he wants to make us pure and spotless as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 21, but the people answered Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. You are a witness to our own decision. Joshua said, you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied, we are witnesses to what, you have, to, to what we have said. And I love that because it shows us that no one can choose God for you. Joshua says, you have chosen to serve the Lord. When, when people come to Christ, when they stand up, when they raise their hand, when they say, I, I am making a, 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 a proclamation that I am going to follow the Lord our God. It's a choice that they're making. It's a hard choice. Joshua said, you're making that choice. You're going to live by it. You're not robots. All of us are here because of our own volition. When I came to Jesus, it was not because anyone forced me. No one put, no one put a gun to me and said, you're going to serve God. In fact, the devil would, would have loved to put a gun to me saying, you're not going to serve God. But what drew me to God was the love of Jesus Christ. And when you understand that God loves you, it changes everything. And then verse 23, all right then, Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. This is so important because, see, here's the thing. You and I, as well as the children of Israel, will always be pulled to worship and to put other things as priority over God. He says, do away with them. Turn your heart toward God. 
Continue to, to let the Lord direct you. I, I love the way that Solomon put it in, in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. I had a young man that came in this week. He came in unexpectedly. He said, I, I need to meet with the pastor. Can I meet with him? I could hear as I was at my desk doing some work and I could hear uh, Christy, as she was talking to him in, in the front office, and, and he says, I just need to talk to someone. He said, something drew me here. I saw the cars parked there. Something drew me, and I came in, and, and I just I need to talk to someone. And he came in, and, he, and we had a conversation, and in that conversation, he said, you know, last week, he said, let me tell you, I'm, I'm, I, I went to Tucson uh, from the Copper Basin area. I went to Tucson because I, I, I wrecked my car last week. I almost went off a cliff, and when the, when the, when the police officer got there, when, uh, when they, they investigated everything, they said, we don't know how you went off, how you did not go off the cliff. But I, he said, but I know that it was God. But I'm conflicted in my mind. I'm conflicted. There's so many things that are going on in my mind, and, and I'm so unsettled. And the Lord took me to this verse right here. And I said, here's the, th here's the thing, bro, I don't even know you. I know your family, but here's the thing. You've been trusting in everything except for God. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And in every way, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That's a harder choice, but it's a greater choice. And someone in here, you might need to know that, that, that you're being pulled. You're being pulled to trust in your own understanding you can't do it without God. And, and, and look at the progression here. The greater choice is the harder choice. But look, here's number three. But it's the wiser choice. Are you with me? The, the, the greatest choices that we make are always going to be the hardest choices that we make. But they're also going to be the wisest choices that we make. Rewind. Go, go back in your life before you gave your life to God. And you gave your life to Jesus. Amen? And it went against everything. For me, I was the first born-again Christian in my whole family. They had religion, but they didn't have Christianity. They didn't have a walk with Jesus. The greater choice became the harder choice. Because I had everyone come against it. I lost every friend that I had. I lost everything that I thought was important to me. But it was the wisest choice. Because I found that God remains faithful. And guess what? I was able to lead my parents to Jesus. I was able to lead my best friends to Jesus. I was able to lead the people that, that, that God said, if you, if you trust me, if you trust me with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, I'll let you lead your brother to Jesus. I'll let you, I will allow for you to, to continue to do things because you're making the wiser choice. Here's, here's what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis was a pretty wise dude. He was a very intellectual dude. But he was an atheist, agnostic, before he came to Jesus. And this is what C.S. Lewis said. Here's an Oxford professor, one of the great scholars of all time. He said, every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you. The part of you that chooses into something a little different than it was before. And taking your life as a whole with all your innumerable choices, 35,000 in one day, all your, life, all your life long you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. Either into a creature that is in harmony with God and with other creatures and with itself or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God and with his fellow creatures and with itself. To be the one kind of creature is heaven, that is, it is joy and peace and knowledge and power. To be the other means madness, horror, idiocy, rage, impotence, and eternal loneliness. Each of us at each moment is progressing to the one state of the other. Your choices will determine who you 
will become. Choose wisely. Joshua 24, it says, And the people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God. That's wise right there. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions as a reminder of their agreement. And he took a huge stone and he rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. So we got this stone. And we remember last week we, got, we had these stones. And it's beautiful what happened last week because everyone that was here that wanted to, that chose to, you wrote something about the faithfulness of God. And these will be a monument to what God did in our lives. Amen? And you notice that there's always an action step. There's always something that God's people do. There's always markers in our life. Joshua said, I'm going to put this stone. I'm going to write this down because of what you're doing. Verse 27, Joshua said to all the people, this stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you. If you go back on your word to God, then Joshua sent all the people away to their homelands. I love that. I'm going to get a smaller rock because I'm not that strong anymore. <laughs> I used to be really strong. This rock talks. This rock talks. You know, it's amazing because God's creation, he, he, he understands everything about his creation. In fact, Jesus said, if the people, if these people don't worship me, the stones will cry out and they'll worship me. See, these, these stones, they, they talk and they say to God, look at, someone said he, that you're faithful. Someone said that, that you, are his, you are their peace and their joy. He says, God, God directs my faith. These stones talk. Where's our faith at? Because here's the thing. Remember, I said there's two sides. There's, a, there's the, the, two, the two sides of the bread. The, the two each side has bread. The meat is this. What choice are you going to make today? That's the meat. See, I don't, I, don't, I don't want for you to think I'll make it tomorrow. I don't, wanna, I don't want you to think I'm going to make it, you know, next week. I'm telling you, God is calling you today to make a choice. Because the very next part says, and Joshua Right now, right now, God is speaking to your heart. He's speaking to your life. He's asking you, who are you going to serve? He, he's not talking to your wife. He's not talking to your husband. He's not talking to your children. You see, my children, we raise them up. We train them in the ways of God. But they come to a place that they have to make their own choice. I will not condemn myself or let the devil condemn me for the choices that my kids make. I trained them in the ways of God. I trained him. God led me to, to, to raise him up, and he called me. He, he says to me in his word, raise him up to leave. <laughs> I don't feel guilty about that. What are you doing coming back? I told you to leave five months ago. What are you doing back? God's speaking to you. He's using me, but he's speaking to you. He's God speaking to you. Who will you serve? It's for me and my family. I equate that with Shauna right now because we live together. My mother-in-law lives with us too. Where is she at? Is she here? Where is she at? 
There she is. I surely love you. I can't get away from her. Can't get away. <laughs> but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So here's the declaration. Here's the declaration. If you will serve the Lord, stand up. If you are determining today, if you, if you make that hard choice, the great choice, but it's a hard choice, if you make that choice to serve the Lord Jesus, stand today. And my prayer is that right now, because of what you've done, that the Holy Spirit is imparting wisdom into your life. Can you raise up your hands and just say with me, trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And I do not lean on my own understanding. In every way, I will acknowledge God and he will make my path straight. Do you believe that? Yes. I believe that too. God bless you. Let's worship him. Never f